0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 403. John Lee Dumas is here with your daily dose of inspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, and prepare to ignite. Did you know you can engage Walker Corporate Law for licensing agreements, terms of service, and privacy policies, and even mergers and acquisitions? Plus, they specialize in working with entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. Contact the founder, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. Industry-leading bookmarking technology? I know, that's audiobooks.com. Seamlessly switch between devices without losing your place. You can even get your first book for free by going to audiobooks.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Trevor Blake. Trevor, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Yeah, I ignite on a regular basis. I just started my latest company, so I'm on fire right now.
0: Yes, you are, my friends. <laughs> and Trevor is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Three Simple Steps, a map to success in business and life by someone who used what he teaches to escape poverty and catch the American dream. Trevor is a serial entrepreneur who built America's most successful non-employer companies starting with a few hundred dollars and selling them for over $100 million each. I've given Fired Nation just a little overview, Trevor, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business.
1: Well, you know, I think for any entrepreneur, it's important to distinguish what type of personality you are. And I'm mainly an investor now rather than a a business builder because I've built four companies in my life and sold two of them. So I'm, I'm kind of investing some of those funds. But, uh, you know, you either are a builder or a maintainer, I find. And I, I'm very honest with myself. I know I'm a builder, so I love building companies from the from the ground up. But then I get bored very easily. And, and so I, I never start a company without an exit strategy. And that's something that I think most entrepreneurs don't do. And it's a tip I'd like to pass on that uh, if you're a builder then you need to know that when the company gets to a certain size, you've got to pass it on. It's got to graduate and you've got to start over again because your strengths are in the, the startup mode. But there's a group of entrepreneurs who are really great at taking something that's already been brought to a certain level. They bring different skills and they expand it and make it successful. I, I come across very few entrepreneurs that can, take, you know, that can build the Googles and the Yahoos. They're very, very rare. But a lot of entrepreneurs um, build small companies and then hold on to them forever because they're afraid to go and do it again. So I'm one of those people that does it over and over. I, I'm a builder.
0: Well, I will be taking notes in this interview because this is a topic that I am just fascinated by, Trevor, and I know you have a lot of great experience and a lot of great history in this topic, but before we really do a deep dive into it, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote, Trevor, because we really want to get that motivational ball rolling down the hill, so take it away.
1: Yeah, my favorite quote is actually the best business advice I was ever given to. And I was lucky enough years ago to meet George Rothman, who in, in, in the 1990s, late 1990s, was the, the Bill Gates of the biotech industry. He built Amgen and Icos uh, each for, you know, he took them from zero pretty much to $60 billion. So a wise man. He was in his 70s when I met him and I was, I was having dinner with him and I was waxing lyrical about this brilliant idea I had and this 200-page business plan that I put together that was going to change the pharmaceutical industry. And he held his hand up and he said, look... You don't know what business you're in until you get into the business. And and I understood immediately what he was telling me. was like, you know, all the planning in the world is not going to prepare you for the first day of your own company. So just get out there and do it. And so I've stuck in my mind all my life. I've used that quote a hundred times. And whenever I come across an entrepreneur who tries to hit me over the head with a 200-page business plan, (laughs) that's what I say to them.
0: (laughs) Well, fortunately, that's becoming the minority, not the majority of the situations that I'm running into. People are really embracing that Eric Reese lean startup method of really creating that minimally viable product, getting out there, getting that real feedback from customers, being in the business, learning, taking your lumps, pivoting, and moving in different directions. So Trevor, I definitely commend you for passing this along to Fire Nation, and that's exactly what I want to do now is really pass on more of your experience because you have so much, and as an entrepreneur, Trevor, we have a journey, and you're our spotlighted guest today, so I want to talk about your journey, and specifically with our first topic, I want to talk about a failure or a massive challenge or obstacle that you had to overcome at some point and the lessons you learned from that. Can you tell us that story, really take us there and share with us? what steps you took to overcome that?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenges, and I think it's probably true for most entrepreneurs, the biggest challenges are internal, not external. And what you were saying before is absolutely true, that we we were living in a world of, of, of the lean startup mentality, which is good because you have to, You know, in order to survive in business long enough to hit a home run, you've got to be adaptable. You've got to, you've got to learn to adapt to changing circumstances constantly. And most companies, you know, are built on a structure that's over 200 years old. It's this hierarchical pyramid. And, and that's where I learned my, my earliest failures, if you like, because most entrepreneur mindsets are geared up for positive change. We, we live in this world of continuous improvement. It's very hard to affect change from from within an organization. And my biggest mistakes, you know, there's, there's a Spanish have a lovely saying, they say, you know, when a man argues with a fool, it's hard for the bystanders to tell the difference. Well, I twist that <laughs> quote a little bit too. I say, you know, when, when a man argues with his boss, there's only one fool in the conversation. And, and I was that fool many times. Because I was trying to affect change in this hierarchical pyramid and all you end up doing is making those that you work for feel threatened by this, you know, this, this energy and this, and these, and these ideas. And and in the end, you know, you come up against the, you, you become, I became very unpopular, very difficult to work with. You know, Steve, Steve Jobs has claimed, it's claimed that he was, you know, a nightmare to work with. I've been called a nightmare to work with within those organizations because they're so stifling. It takes so long to get a decision made. You spend your whole life in this endless round of meetings. And, and you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't have time for that. You want to get out there, make something happen, make positive changes, and make quick decisions. And so, you know, for me… I came up against that brick wall so many times and didn't learn my lesson until finally, I finally had the courage to start my first company. And my only regret about starting my first company is that I didn't do it 15 or 20 years earlier. And the only way that you can affect change in the world is to be your own boss, to put your energy and your efforts and your money, in fact, where your mouth is and to lead by example. So so I would say I failed many times banging my head against the corporate wall Uh, and the only way I could find the only way I could get through that was finally to build my own company and show that there's a different way to run effective highly profitable pharmaceutical companies.
0: So Trevor, you've given us a nice aerial of some struggles and obstacles you had before you broke out on your own, but you really, you haven't told us a story yet. And so let's move into when you did break away and you became that entrepreneur, you obviously had some setbacks, some failures, and now just tell us one story. Just tell us one time when you did. So we as entrepreneurs, as listeners here can learn from that exact moment in time.
1: Well, you know, step two of three simple steps is all about how to create moments of insight, because it's it's fair to say, it's a fact that one of the things that separates the successful from the, the want to be successful is a moment of insight, that brilliant idea. But most people don't get them on a regular basis because they fill their time and their world with all of this not today, electronic noise. I mean, most people jump out of bed and immediately go to their text. And, you know, you can't create ideas when you're slowing your brain down to do these mundane sort of uh, motor functional tasks. So, So step two is all about how you put yourself in a position to have these moments of insight. So for many, many years, while I was working within that hierarchical pyramid and getting frustrated, I was... Working on getting this moment of insight that I could, I could, you know, come up with a great idea for a company, and I'd actually fallen out with my CEO. So I worked for a company in um, in uh, Minneapolis, and my, I was vice president of commercial development. And so my job was to identify the new market, you know, uh, put together a, the forecast, put together the budget plan, and and go out and make it happen, build a team, a sales and marketing team, and make it happen. And, and the CEO had this idea that um, our new product would bring in half a billion dollars of business a year and he went out to the world and he told them that in press releases and I almost had a heart attack because my forecast (laughs) said it would do it would do five million and that was the best it would do in that first year because the product came with baggage and it would take time for the customer to get used to using this product and to adapt it into their their work style and um so of course, like I say, you can't win that argument. So the so the CEO John turned around to me and said, "Look, you either you either take it to half a billion or find or somebody that can." And so we parted ways. And it was that very moment, I think it was a kick up the backside I needed, that, like, you know, you're going to have to come up with something new now because you're out of work. And I was walking through Minneapolis Airport, and the idea for my first company just came to me. It came from, from pretty much nowhere, but it didn't come just as, uh, oh, you know, a light idea, like, oh, wouldn't that be a good idea? It came like a blueprint. It came like someone had put a, f- a binder in my hand that said, this is the company you're going to build. And and those are the quality of moments of insight you get through step two of the three simple steps by by making these things happen you can you can give yourself put yourself in a position where you can have those type of ideas all the time and and so i walk i I immediately stopped i laughed out loud i frightened the life out of a woman who was walking beside me down the main (laughs) corridor and i went straight into the to the the uh, bookstore onto the business shelf and i picked i picked as many books on small businesses as i could get my hands on and read them on the way on the plane home and it's literally it sounds corny but it's true on the back of a northwest airlines napkin is how I drew the diagram and the algorithm for my, for my first company. And it's an amazing feeling. When you get that that breakthrough moment in your head, it's just it's so exciting. It just fills you with energy, and you can't wait to, to, to enact it. The problem was, in this situation, my wife and I just bought a brand new house on the water in Florida, and it was our dream home. We'd only been in it seven months. And so all the way home, I was also thinking, well, how am I going to convince my wife now that we're going to have to sell this house and take out what equity we have in it to use for this new business? And I, so I came up with this great sort of dialogue, like a, like a script, and I was going to take it to dinner and sort of romance her a little bit and then drop the bombshell. And when I got home and I walked through the front door, she looked at me and she said, oh, you're starting your own company then. She just wow. saw it in my eyes. Oh. I was so fired up, she could see straight away. So fortunately, I didn't have to do a sales job on my wife. <laughs>
0: Now, that is the exact kind of story that I love. I mean, here you are. You had just left your job and you're walking through the Minneapolis airport. You have this aha moment. It's brilliant. You're all fired up 30,000 feet in the air. You're jotting down ideas. You're writing out your blueprint. Your wife, she can see this glow within you now, this fire that's been lit. She doesn't even have to ask questions. She just knows internally that you are on a mission. You're on a path. So, Trevor take us from there because we really want to know what that step is from the idea formation stage to actually execution because that is so key and i know that this is where you're brilliant
1: well and this and this is a key thing for three simple steps too because because You know, I'm not a fan of positive thinking because I think it's an illusion. I mean, our thoughts happen at the speed of light. It's impossible to step in front of them. So you you can't see something you don't like or hear something you don't want to hear without having an immediate negative thought. That's okay. That's how the brain works. But what you do have control over, and the only thing you have control over, is how you then react to those thoughts. And it's the reaction that makes a difference between moving on in life or being stuck in a quicksand. And so it's really important when you have a great idea to react to it. Now, I come across a lot of Entrepreneurs that have great ideas and they just sit on it. They do nothing. And what I try to do is to encourage everyone, even if right now all you've had is a, Hey, that seemed like a good idea. You must react. And the way to react in the, in the entrepreneurial world is to incorporate your ideas. So my, my. I didn't have a name for my first company even though I had the blueprint for it so I incorporated the very next day and, and we're talking about the early days of the internet you know it was dial-up in those days and, and, and <laughs> I, through, through dial-up I managed to find a company online uh, I think it was the only one at the time that incorporated businesses now there's hundreds of these companies out there and it's two quick mouse clicks and you're done and so I spent $200 incorporating my idea and my, my original company name was TGB International so my, my, the initials of my name TGB International and uh, and what that does is is you know a week later you get this package in the mail, and and then suddenly for the first time in your life there's the name of your company TGB International. It doesn't matter what the name's like. Name's not important. But there is your Trevor G Blake, owner CEO. Because those are the titles I put in online, yeah. and you see that every day. Instead of getting up and going to your desk or and, and you know going into your emails and or watch putting the TV on and watching all the bad stuff that's out there every day. First thing in the morning, now I saw my name and my company, and and and, and every time I walked into that room, it was there in front of me. And what that does psychologically, that really starts to to create lots of more great ideas because instead of just thinking about a oh, one day I'm gonna start a company, now the company is there, and you start to think, okay, what's it gonna look like? Uh, how am I gonna? What, what am am I going to do for distribution? Who's going to be my manufacturer? Because you see it every day and you're constantly reminding yourself that this is real and it's going to become something physical. And, and before you know it, you know, it could, in my case, it took about six months to raise the finance and, and, and get this whole thing off the ground. It, you know, it could happen the next day or it could take a year. It doesn't matter. But the key thing is react to your idea. Incorporate it. For the sake of $200, you'll never regret that investment. And, and there's no excuse these days. You know, 99% of, of all small businesses are not incorporated, which, first of all, from a legal standpoint, is absolute insanity because you, you can lose your home if somebody sues you, whereas if you incorporate, you protect yourself from your personal assets. It doesn't make any sense not to incorporate. But from a psychological standpoint, for a young entrepreneur or any entrepreneur, it's so important to make that reaction, to take that step, because now it's real. And, and you can call yourself a CEO, and, and no one can tell me that doesn't give them an ego boost. <laughs>
0: And Trevor, those are just such great insights and I really want to move into really doing a deep dive into the three simple steps because we've kind of brushed over how they've applied to you in your life and and how you actually utilize them in each step of the way. But before we do, I want to go back to that failure, that challenge, that obstacle that you did when you first broke away. Can you just share with Fire Nation one clear lesson that you learned from that experience that you think would be of value for our listeners to hear?
1: I have to say, I struggle to think of failures because one of the things about Three Simple Steps is it works. And, and uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't created these three steps out of my head. I've stolen them from some of the greatest self-made men and women in history. I, I, I've been addicted to reading the life stories of self-made men and women since I was a teenager. And they all I found in them all, they repeated these three behaviors. And so I thought, hell, I'll give it a go in my own life, see what happens. And I've had an amazing life ever since, it's not just in business. Before I started my own company, I wanted a life of adventure. I wanted to travel because when you're poor, you can't travel. And so I got to visit you know fifty six countries while earning a middle six figure salary that 's a pretty good way of of having an adventure yeah. it 's better than putting the backpack on and going <laughs> poor you know um, so so you know the thing is that so it's, it's, I struggle to find you know instances of of massive failure, and you do hear this sometimes that oh in order to be successful you 've got to fail so many times I personally don 't believe in that at all so Um, That's
0: why I I love the phrases challenges and obstacles as well, which I throw in there. So, I mean, any of those and just summing it up for Fire Nation.
1: You know, the key thing is that there's never a bad time to start a company. You know, 16 of the 30 um, companies that make up the Dow were started in a recession. I started my first company in 2002, right in the middle of the 2001 to 2003 recession, when everybody said no one was lending money anymore and and the the key thing is is to protect yourself mentally from all of that and go with your heart and your, your and your intuition and you'll be successful because i my my true belief is that there's never a bad time to start a company and it's never too late to reinvent yourself i have With Three Simple Steps, I get emails from all over the world. The book's been out there a year now. And so, as you said before, it's the New York Times bestseller. So it gets spread out. You know, a lot of people have picked it up in the airport and read it on the way back to their country, wherever they live. And so I get these great stories from all over the world of of changes that it made in people's lives. And one of my favorite came to me from a man who said, you know, he's finally got the confidence to start his new project. And right at the bottom of a three-page email, he revealed that he was 88 years old. And I just thought, you know, that is fantastic because it's never too late. And so that's my key learning. It doesn't matter what challenges and obstacles you come up against, it's irrelevant, it's the past, it's behind you. It's never too late to start over.
0: Well, that's a key lesson that you faced during a challenge, during an obstacle. And let's move forward to that aha moment that you had while you were walking through the airport and you took action on that. So what is your clear lesson from that experience that you can share with Fire Nation today?
1: I do know that if I hadn't re- reacted immediately, you know, probably my plane would have been delayed and I would, <laughs> you know, I'd probably sit in the chair, in the, in the seat next to somebody who was looking to hire another sales guy and I probably would have gone back into the corporation. The immediate reaction is what's needed, not, not you know, okay, I'll incorporate next week. It's now, right this second, do something. And what I did in Minneapolis Airport is I immediately to my right saw that Hudson News bookstore and, and I went straight in there to the business section and I, there was a, a really small, little, all, all I remember of it, it was green. It was a tiny little little book and it was almost fallen down in between some of these bestsellers written by people who'd never built companies by the way uh, so you know, be care, buyer beware make sure you, you you buy stuff that the author actually is authentic yes uh, and it was this tiny little book from harvard business school and it was about all the reasons why businesses fail and so i that was one of the books i bought i got on the on the plane i did my napkin drawing and i read this book in probably an hour and it was an academic who, again, had never left the classroom to actually build his own company, but be, but put himself up as an expert as to why companies fail. And I disagreed with every single conclusion Harvard Business School came up with as to why companies fail, because my experiences in my career had been really different. You know, I, I, I had seen... I think corporate wastefulness is endemic in, in the United Kingdom and in America. And it's particularly abhorrent when it's in the healthcare sector. I was in pharmaceuticals and biotech, and you know we had these fancy offices. Everybody's on huge bonuses, massive salaries, a, a swollen middle, man- middle management structure. We had... And I still don't know what they did. We had senior executive vice presidents, executive vice presidents, vice presidents, senior directors, directors, associate directors, before you even got to somebody that actually did a day's work. And, and <laughs> all of those other people were in meetings all the time. That's incredible wastefulness. And, and I disagreed entirely with the conclusion of the small business plan and it gave in a small business book and it gave me the confidence that the business plan that had just been put into my head is going to be very successful because I'm going to build America's first 100% virtual pharmaceutical drug development company company never been done before I'm not going to hire a single employee I'm not going to go into an office I'm going to work out of my home and everyone I foolishly mentioned this to other than my wife said that I was crazy but I proved it to be successful and when it was finally too big for me to keep I sold it after it it was only six years this was 2002 and I sold it in 2009 I sold the first half in 2009 second half in 2010 of that company for 105 million dollars without ever hiring another employee and without ever leaving my home (laughs) <laughs> it just shows that it's possible to do something that no one's ever done before, even when you're the person that's doing it and you don't have a clue what you're doing.
0: <laughs> so Trevor, let's boil down to the basics now because you are just giving some gold here and Fire Nation is scribbling away even though they're driving. So we're really causing some <laughs> some pretty dangerous situations right here. But what I really want to do now is The three simple steps. I'm a lover of reading books. And so my ears just pricked up when you said that you've read the best biographies and autobiographies of successful people throughout time. I'm a huge reader myself. Um, I'm actually in the middle of Benjamin Franklin's biography right now, which I just am finding so fascinating and enlightening in so many ways. So really share with us now. Break it down what these three simple steps are and how we can apply it to our lives.
1: They really are simple, but they're not easy. So so warning to anyone who picks this book up. By the way, all my profits go to cancer research and development, so I'm not pitching a book here. Uh, I'm, I'm pitching an idea, basically, uh, a concept. You're the best. To, you're, you're, you, have Everyone who's listening to this has total control on their destiny, and all you have to do is find a way. It's a map, so... Three simple steps. The tagline is a map to success in business and life, and it's basically a blueprint or a or a recipe, and you can use it, and and the rest is up to you. So, so but you have to use them in these in order. You can't cheat this. So, step one is about control of mentality, and, and and by that I mean what we've been talking about: the ability to separate yourself from the opinions of other people, because nobody was ever successful by making decisions based on other people's opinions about them. I have never met anyone that said to me, Trevor, you're the best qualified person to do this. I've met people who said, are you crazy? You don't know how to do that. You, you, you're not, you. People have told me I'm not cold and cutting enough to handle it, and, and this cutthroat business is, is the entrepreneur world. I find it to be the opposite, actually, but that's what people have told me. You know, I'm not qualified. I've never been a CEO before. I've never raised money in my life. I've never even met a guy who's got money to invest. How are you going to build a company? And, and that's the beauty. That's the excitement of being an entrepreneur is that you have to make it up from day one. It's wonderful. It's a fantastic situation to be in. But, but you've got to have strong mentality. You've got to be able to protect yourself from all of that advice that comes from well-meaning people around you, but also from the media that you allow into your brain. So, you know, it, it's pretty hard to switch the TV on and not be told that the sky is falling because that's why the TV exists. The media exists to sell commercials. The way to get you to sit and watch long enough to watch a commercial is to fill you full of fear because fear paralyzes. It's a system. It's like it's nothing wrong with it. It's the way the world works. But you have to be aware that you get sucked into that, that your brain locks into it. And if you're watching your investor show and the investor's telling you that banks aren't lending money anymore, it might affect the way you are thinking about the fact that you need to raise $5 million to start your business. It might put you off and change the way you react. So so it's very important to get that mentality control and we have a number of techniques in step one that help you get to that point where you've sort of developed this thick skin and and only when you've developed that thick skin or are in the process of developing it can you move on to step two which is how you put yourself into a position to have these moments of insight because if you have a moment of insight and you don't have control of your mentality you'll get talked out of it very very quickly and then once you've got that control you've got that moment of insight step three is about how you convert that moment of insight into the reality of your life and, and step two and step three have a lot of science behind it. I'm, I'm not an advocate of self-help movements. I think most of it is snake oil. There are very few authentic books out there. With three simple steps, you have an authentic book because the writer, that's the only advantage he's ever given himself in life. I've, I've, the three simple steps is how I've lived my life, and, and I stole them from all of these great minds over time. And, uh, and, but but I, I had grown up being taught how to do goal setting. And the way we're taught to do goal setting is absolutely guaranteed to fail. Uh, because it's based on an industrial model that doesn't exist anymore, a model of conquering and taking like an Indiana Jones adventure where you have to Step over the bodies of the poor souls that didn't make it, overcome these increasingly difficult challenges and then steal the treasure that wasn't yours to begin with. Well, the laws of nature don't work that way. Physics doesn't work that way. Physics is effortless. And so what I've got in three simple steps is scientific evidence for everything that I'm saying in the book. And that's really important because as entrepreneurs, we want to know that if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to put my neck out on the block here, that I'm going to do it based upon some reasonable science and evidence.
0: Fire Nation, I really hope that you are tuning in here because here's a guy, Trevor, he is just giving us gold left and right, all the profits for this book, go to Cancer Research. This guy is just here for you. He's taking time out of his day to share his experience, his knowledge, what's worked for him and Trevor, I just want to commend you for that from the bottom of my heart because Entrepreneur Fire is built off of entrepreneurs like yourself who are willing to share your your amazing experiences, your amazing lessons learned, and your amazing experience with the future of this world, which are entrepreneurs, which are small business owners. And at Entrepreneur on Fire, we have a massive base of listeners that tune in for this very reason every day. So just truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I have so much fun. I'm just enthusiastic that other people get to experience this. There's no greater sense of thrill and also a sense of wonderment and fear actually than starting your own company and and just and do it over and over again it's so much fun
0: well trevor we're going to put the fun on pause for one minute while we thank our sponsors what a revolutionary concept audiobooks. Imagine what our car rides and workouts would be like without audio content. Seriously, how do we ever go on runs with our Walkman and CD players bulking up our pockets or drive from point A to point B without hooking up our MP3 players to our car dashboards? I am so glad I don't have to think about that anymore, especially now that I have audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com allows you to listen to your favorite titles instantly, anywhere. You can choose from more than 40,000 books, and I know you have a growing list of business books you've been meaning to dive into. With their industry-leading bookmarking technology, you can seamlessly switch between devices without losing your place. Make sure you're getting the titles you really care about. Audiobooks offers free sampling so you can preview as many books as you like even before you sign up. Get your first book for free today by going to audiobooks.com slash fire. I've worked for some pretty huge corporations in my time, and man, did their legal departments stink. They were always so busy, they never even had a chance to get to know the types of people or circumstances they were working with. It was all so robotic. That is not the case with Walker Corporate Law. Walker Corporate Law is a boutique corporate law firm who has created a new business model designed specifically for entrepreneurs and startups looking for an alternative to the big law firms. Their mission, to protect entrepreneurs and to help them succeed. They exist so that you have someone looking out for you and your business. They also provide a broad range of corporate legal services, from idea to exit. They have you covered from mergers and acquisitions to licensing agreements, all the way to service and privacy policies. If you're looking to skip the huge law firm, but still ensure you're protected, then contact the founder, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com today. That's scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. Well, Trevor, the fun is not over because we've now entered what my favorite part of the show is, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yeah, it's great. But what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Fear of success. And the key thing about fear of success, and, and most people will admit to they think they have fear of failure, but what they actually have is fear of success because when you are successful, before you're successful but you plan to be successful you have a right to think that everybody who's around you everybody that loves you is going to be there with you and they're going to be applauding you and congratulating you and slap you on the back in fact the opposite happens what you tend to do you step outside your own comfort zone but you also step outside of theirs and what you create is there a situation where those people you thought were going to be with you, applauding you, are now looking inwards at their own life, and they don't like what they see, and they resent you for causing that reaction in them, and and so you can end up, as Paulo Juelo says in, in one of his books, the winner stands alone. You can end up being very, very lonely, and I and I think deep down we know that, and there is that fear of okay, if I'm successful. Will that change me? Will that change everybody around me? And and the cold, hard fact is that it doesn't change you at all, but it does change everybody around you. And you have to be aware of
0: that. Wow, great insights. And Trevor, you said you've already given us the best advice you've ever received, but you've received some amazing advice throughout your life. So what is the second best advice you've ever received?
1: If you're a small company and you get offered a fair deal, take it. The secret is to survive long enough to hit a home run. And I come across entrepreneurs who seem to think that it's clever to negotiate. It makes their egos feel good. But when you're young and starting out, it doesn't matter whether you think you could have got a slightly better deal or whether you could change the clauses of this contract or that clause and all the rest of it. Take the deal and move on because the secret is to still be in business in a few years time to get another deal. And, and I come across that very often. I just had a situation actually recently where, uh, I call them the three crazy Italians. So, so I play soccer with one of these guys and he, (laughs) he worked for Microsoft and he decided to, to start his own company when he met two other guys. And I, and I gave, I gave him a copy of three simple steps in a draft form before it was launched. And, and also my second book, which comes out next year, which is about how to build a a company long, in a a way that allows it to survive long enough to hit a home run. And, and, uh, And he took all of that on board, got really enthusiastic, and he did really well. And they were in a situation, the three of them, where they had a company that had come in and had offered them $3 million without taking any equity, almost unheard of, because they had this brilliant idea. And they got locked into this negotiation over stupid stuff like, you know, which state are we going to use for the laws if if you go into arbitration and nonsense like that. And I said to them, take the deal. Don't worry about the details because you don't know what's going to change behind the scenes. And and sure enough, almost you know, a week after I had said this and they ignored that advice, the company that was offering them the $3 million, they changed their CEO and the CEO turned around and said, right, no deals. I want to understand every single deal before we move any further. And of course, as you can probably guess, he changed the concept of his company, changed the structure, changed the focus. And that meant that the deal that they would have already done, they would have already had that $3 million in the bank and could be moving forward is in you know, uh, spiraling pattern, holding pattern, if you like, and I don't think they'll ever get that $3 million. So, so it's a real life, a real life example of the of the wisdom of that quote that was given to me many years ago, so is true. when you're a small company, and you get offered a fair deal, take it.
0: Love that advice. Trevor, can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success?
1: Yeah, and it's really to do a step one of three simple steps, which is control of mentality. You know, one of my favorite poems is Rudyard Kipling's If, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to your podcast, if they don't, they should get that poem and they should have it printed out and next to them all the time, because it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a guide to how to be a successful entrepreneur, how to live the mentality of a successful entrepreneur. And the opening line is, of course, if you can keep your head when all out, you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. And that's what typically happens when you're the sole entrepreneur. You know, things go wrong and you have no one else to blame anymore because you're not working in a hierarchy. <laughs> you know, previously you could blame someone else or so you could pass the book up or down. Now it's you. It's just you against or with all of this stuff that's going on. So, So control of mentality is absolutely critical to be a successful entrepreneur.
0: Love it. And we will have that entire poem on your show notes page, Trevor, at eofire.com slash Trevor Blake. Trevor, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: My number one business tool in my office is actually a whiteboard. Uh, and it's right next to me now. It's to my right here. And and this is where I have my intentions and my my priority lists and stuff like that and i like to do it in a really old-fashioned way and that is to write it out by stand in front of it and write it out by hand and the reason i do that is because it makes you think i, I find if i type into something i'm not really thinking because i type you know people type so fast right. and, uh, but when i write out and my writing is so bad i have to look at what i've just written to try and understand Did I, what, what is that saying um <laughs> <laughs> because cause it's so bad so so by writing it out what I find I do is I create even deeper thoughts about what it is I'm going to achieve this week or this day or in my life and so my whiteboard is split in two on the left on my intentions for my life and on the right on my tasks for the day and the week I just find that an incredibly valuable thing to do and I do it first thing every single morning before I even do anything else I, I won't switch it on my computer or answer a text or go to my cell phone until I've done that task every morning and again I didn't create this way of working I stole this from from um, Mary Kay Cosmetics this is how she teaches her people and uh, she was an incredibly successful entrepreneur by using this simple discipline and I find it really valuable to do that so it's a, the most the least technological resource you can imagine I find to be the most valuable
0: so Trevor we're gonna have three simple steps linked up on the show notes page I know fire nation is going to be fired up to read it but if you could just recommend one other book for our listeners what would it be
1: it's actually not a book it's a magazine so i recommend the magazine it's online as well as in hard copy called the intelligent optimist it's a very rare wonderful thing to have a magazine that doesn't have any negative news in it at all no no uh, no a list actors who are having affairs no one's dying <laughs> no one's being no one's being murdered here uh, and it's run by a, a dutch couple that was very successful in holland and and it was launched in america i think about 10 years ago uh it has about 250,000 people following it and they run a lot of online courses and uh, so they basically will have an article i've i've been featured in there uh about a year ago actually a two page feature and then in support of that I offered to do three seminars with them for free and so so what what they do so what you do is you can have this great article that inspires you and then you can interact with the person that was at the subject of the interview it's a, like a membership fee of a couple hundred dollars a year they have a lot of very successful entrepreneurs that come in and do exactly what you're doing with your podcast right now um, but a lot of people don't know about it because they only have 250,000 subscribers so go online and, and search for The Intelligent Optimist and you uh, I should, I should also, um, just be totally authentic and transparent here. I am actually an investor in the Intelligent Optimist, a recent one. it's been out there 10 years, but I invested about a year ago in this, not, not in the Intelligent Optimist, but they have a sister publication called What the Doctors Don't Tell You. So I'm an investor in that, but that's not why I'm mentioning it. It's just a tremendous. Uh, resource and tool for entrepreneurs, particularly because, you know, you can feel quite lonely as an entrepreneur. You yeah. can feel you can feel it's you against the world and there's no one to talk to. And Intelligent Optimist brings together these thought leaders, these cutting edge people who share a little tidbit of information. And it's, uh, it's just a very, very good investment for a couple of hundred dollars.
0: Absolutely. And Trevor, you are speaking to the right audience because Fire Nation Is an audience that generates over 450,000 unique downloads every single month in over 145 countries of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, small business owners, people that need this kind of the intelligent, optimist type of material, type of content, where it does focus out the bad and focus in the good. And that's what we're all about here. So thank you for bringing up that resource.
1: You're welcome. Uh, No one will regret uh, investing in that. I know that.
0: Love it. So Trevor, this next question, it's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: It's such an easy answer for me. I I would incorporate an idea and start a company. In fact, I could incorporate two companies for $500. That's how little it takes uh, to get started. And it really is the first thing I would do because... You know, rare is the person who gets rich working for someone else. And, uh, you know, you may get lucky and find the next Microsoft and be one of their first millionaires because you've got uh, so many options. But I I think those days are gone for most people. So, So the only way to achieve your dreams, and it's hard to achieve dreams in this world, in our world, without having money. There's nothing wrong with money. I mean, money's not the goal. You don't set out to be a millionaire. You set out to make a positive difference with your company. That's really critical. But the side effect of all of that when you're successful is that your lifestyle, your material wealth, your net worth goes up significantly. So, you know, that's a a wonderful situation to, to be in. The only way you can do that is by taking control. And the only way you can take control of that material world is to start your own company. So for $500, you could actually start two companies or you could start one company and then use $250 to start traveling around to go and talk to investors because one of the things I also am a great proponent of is bringing outside money into a company. It's much better to own 10% of a $100 million company than 100% of nothing. And, <laughs> and I, find I come across a lot of entrepreneurs who resist bringing in external money. I like external money because it minimizes risk, but the, but I find investors bring in so much more than the actual money. So I actually, even though I don't need investors today, I just started my, my latest company, and even though I don't need investors because I can afford to fund it myself, I'm bringing in investors because they bring so much more than the money they bring. Um, A network, they bring expertise, they bring access to things that I wouldn't know about if I didn't have these people in They they give me a front row seat to new opportunities. And so I like to build companies with a group of investors, much rather than just being me. And and what you end up doing then is you end up getting back into this world that is quite common for us now. And that is the, the get big fast mentality. It's kind of the way the entrepreneur world is going. And, and investors love that idea that, you know, if we put in our $10 million, you can take this company to $100 million in three years. Well, let's go and do it. Whereas if you've got just yourself and just your money, the chances of you getting to that size in any time soon are fairly limited. So, so I'm a great proponent of that. So I put $250 in, in incorporating my, my idea and the rest of the money to go knocking on doors and raising money for the idea.
0: Trevor, your transparency, your genuine authenticity is so refreshing this day and age, so I just want to thank you again for joining us and just ask you to do a couple things: Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share the best way that we can connect with you, and then we 'll say goodbye
1: The guidance is easy it 's never too late to reinvent yourself so, so all the excuses if anyone 's listening and still hasn 't made that jump out in their company you know now 's the time. There are no excuses because it 's never a bad time to start a company, so go do it now. Um, and you can, you know, I have a blog and there's, I think there's about 200 articles. They're a mixture of three simple steps articles and business articles. So I, I put them out just when I have something I think is important to say, I throw it out there. Uh, and you can, you can get that at, uh, just by going to threesimplesteps.com. That's all spelled out. T-H-R-E-E. Simplesteps.com. Uh, and you can read the first chapter of Three Simple Steps for free to see whether you like it or not uh, with, before purchasing. And then if you like it, you can buy the book for $10 and 150 of that goes to Cancer Research and Development.
0: Trevor, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've talked about in today's episode at eofire.com. They can click on that podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives. Or Fire Nation, just type in Trevor into the search box and his show notes page will pop right up. And Trevor, I just want to thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you, John. That was a pleasure.
0: Fire Nation, Entrepreneur on Fire generates over 400,000 unique downloads a month and well over five figures in monthly revenue. This is all a result of the podcast I started on September 22nd, 2012. If you want to find out everything I've done, come to podcastersparadise.com. Here you will find video tutorials of everything you need to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, a community of other podcasters to exchange reviews, ideas, and experiences with, and access to private webinars where today's top experts reveal all. Come to podcastersparadise.com to find out more. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.